I have to ask you a serious question. Uh, okay, I have my serious face on, which okay. literally no one can see, but it's there. Did you send me the goat? <laughs> what goat, Jennifer? Tell the listeners what you're talking about. So when I got home, um, <laughs> on Friday, there was a mysterious package, and when I opened it, there was basically a red goat with black <laughs> horns in it. It's a stuffed goat. A stuffed devil goat. A stuffed devil goat, and it says, I'll kill you, and it's from <laughs> Black Philip. but obviously the goat itself is not Black Philip. it's Red Philip. It's, um, yeah, well, sure. And it's, it's Black Philip's little brother. Right, right. And <laughs> it, it, it is from yougotgoat.com, I think. Hmm. Which is supposed to be like you got mail, but basically, if you look at the website, it says we send anonymous goats to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> did you like put your address on a a like a petition or something? How did how did someone find this? Who sent it to you? I have no idea. I you were my prime suspect. <laughs> I was like, this seems like a very Emily thing to do. I mean, it is a very Emily thing to do, but I'm also. You know, I'm quite lazy, so you gotta balance that out. I know, I still have your package that I haven't sent you. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're both very lazy. It's a running joke, that's okay. Well, I also have to say, after the last time re- we recorded, uh, when I talked about the flu for, like, probably well over an hour, I got really sick, like, two weeks of sickness. And, ironically, the one day that I, like, could not even move from the couch was the day that... They were giving out free flu shots on my campus, so I really cursed myself there. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> so uh, my follow-up question is, is that a flu goat? I mean, listen, I'm not going to bring any anything else to bring any curses down upon my head. I've already escaped death the once. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So you're telling me that you're not responsible for the goat. I think you have another stalker, Jennifer. The plot thickens. <laughs> well, I had like a couple other people on my suspect list and I texted them, but nobody's owning up to the goat. Mm, I mean, maybe the goat really did come from Black Phillip and he really is going to kill you. Well, I suppose maybe I would deserve that then. <laughs> uh, this seems like a good time for theme music, Clint. Welcome to All Things Terror. I'm Emily. And I'm Jennifer. And this is a podcast where we talk about scary things and we curse ourselves inadvertently. Weird Um, things. We get mysterious packages. Mysterious packages. Listen, if you want to send me a mysterious package that's goat related, I'm I'm okay with that. (laughs) Jennifer, do you have a story for us? I do. Um, I'm ready. I'm ready. Emily, in the place that you lived the longest, how long did you live there? Like a house or just a geographic location? Geographic location. Um, Well, I was born in northern Nevada and I lived there until I graduated high school. So 18 years. And I lived in the same house from like 6 to 18. And would you 
say that, you know, maybe that place, while you may not want to go back, or maybe you do, had a substantial impact on your life, kind of matters. It's nice to know that if you wanted to, you could go back and be like, oh yeah, this is what this was about. Yeah. One, this is a super ominous intro. I'm I'm getting spooked. It's also finally like cold and fallish here, which just makes it extra spooky. Um, but yeah, I would say like, it is something that the longer I'm alive, the more I feel like that place sort of shaped who I was. And it is the place that I understand for good or ill more than any other place. Did, uh, did the place that you grew up in, did it have like Memorial Day celebration stuff going on? No, but we had lots of Labor Day stuff because I grew up in the sticks. And so we always had like got school off for farm days. So I, I have to ask you these questions because... Do you have to? <laughs> I do, because those of you who don't know, I'm kind of a nomad. I've really been averaging, like, moving every three years of my life. <laughs> so, yeah. so there's not really one place that's been home or some sort of, like, um, center foot of a compass or anything like that to me. Wait, does the center foot of a compass not move? Yeah, it doesn't move. That's the fixed foot. Oh. It stays in the middle, okay. and then the compass goes all around everywhere. You know, like a... Oh, all right. It's a terrible, terrible borrowed metaphor from one of John Donne's poems. But anyway. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I was thinking that's like in a... There's some horror movie where like they're trying to find North, and it just goes back and forth. And they're like, this will make sense. Now I can see in my head that there's a part that doesn't... No, no, no. It's a di that's a different type of compass. There are two types of compasses. Oh. There's a compass... I don't know anything. ...that you use in math, and then there's a compass that you use for directions. Oh, that one. Oh, okay. All right. Remember this compass discussion when we get to my story, please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's going to be very funny. <laughs> the the pronunciation of this city is not 100% clear to me, so I apologize in advance, but Centralia, PA. Oh, fuck yeah! <laughs> Memorial Day was right around the corner, and Centralia needed to deal with its unsightly landfill problem. <laughs> the solution was simple. <laughs> I mean, listen, this is this is like why when we're going on a, you know, a Tinder date that we think is going to be promising, we also got to deal with our unsightly landfill situation. You know, you're going to you're going to shower, you're going to shave, you're going to try and spackle some stuff up there, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah I understand. We've all been there, yes. Centralia. So Centralia has a hot date with Memorial Day and they're like, fuck yeah, <laughs> I shave my shit, I smell good, man, I even found my best underwear. Holy crap, I forgot to, like, do something about that terrible, terrible rash of a landfill. The enormous pile of tires on my right. left butt cheek. So they're like, you know what, let's kill it with fire. Which, which was, <laughs> a, you know, a common practice in the past. The burning of trash, not a big deal. They've burned the landfill before. And it's interesting because this landfill is actually like a pit, right? Ugh. Nothing good <laughs> happens in a pit. Like you never are like, oh, wow, I did so good with trick-or-treating. I have a pit of candy. It's like, no, the pit is like murder, monsters, a mine where like your arm gets cut off and or, trash. Nothing good happens in a pit. In this case where some little girl's favorite doll gets thrown in with somebody's leftover ham sandwich. And like used condoms yes, and you... coffee grounds. 
Right. Not really the kind of stuff that you want your favorite doll to be in. But... No. Although I guess rats probably like it. That's true. Then again... Okay, so isn't there... Is this like an urban legend thing where like rats can get all like matted together if they're too filthy? (gasps) No, Rat King, that's real. Yeah, okay, so... Like all their tails get linked together and then some of them die, but they can't get rid of the corpses. And so they become like a massive mass of rat. Yeah, it's called Rat King. Do they eat the dead? I mean, I don't know, but I would imagine rats do eat the dead rats. They eat everything. Okay, so we have a giant pit of trash that's filled with rat kings and, like, some little girl's favorite doll and condoms and coffee grounds and leftover ham sandwiches in this pit. And Centralia goes, you know what? We, we, I can't have this. Like, Memorial Day is going to come over. I don't want them to see my rat kings. This has got to (laughs) stop. That's more of, like, a fifth date thing, you know? (laughs) Right. It's like, I don't introduce anybody to my pets until much later on in the process yeah especially the rat kings i mean i don't really like them but we're stuck with them just like they're stuck to each other so this is the dilemma that centralia has big important thing want to kill the landfill with fire they've done this a dozen times in fact lots of people in the 19 lots of people i mean lots of town cities actually burn trash in the united states this is you know 1960s i'm sure that smelled really good I mean, is it... Honey, don't hang the wash out to dry today. It's trash burning day. Is it better or worse than just letting it all just sit there and like... <laughs> oh, I don't fester. know. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, well, we can burn it now while it's fresh and not nearly as gross. Oh, or less weight while it all decomposes over time at different rates and more I mean, rat kings. When you burn form. things, they do get smaller. Yes, um, it's purification, right? It's a purification process. That's so, <laughs> right. That's right. This is, and then, and then the garbage becomes diamonds. That's how diamonds are made. Oh, this yeah, is a science right. podcast. Another one. We we mm-hmm. science so hard on this podcast. Just give us a degree already. So, <laughs> something you should know about Centralia is that it used to be a coal mining economy. Lots of coal in the area. Whole lots of coal mining happened. Probably a whole lot of black lung, which is like super sad and more terrifying than Rat Kings. And I worked in a gold mine and gold miners are terrified of coal mines. Like these are people who drive like crazy machines underground and like blow up stuff with dynamite and like reach their hand into like a garbage disposal, except the garbage disposal is as big as your house and it chews up rock, works with acid. And they all are like, I would never work in a coal mine. And who knows what kind of dark creatures wait in these mines. So, getting to the good bit here. It's 1962. They're like, fuck yeah, I'm gonna light this shit on fire. Mm. And they lit it on fire. Mm. And they waited for the fire to burn out. Mm. And they waited. Mm. And they waited. Mm. It's 2018 and they are still waiting for that fire to burn out. Because... The landfill sits right on top of a motherfucking coal mine. And it's the fire hard rock mine and shit. Right. The fire in the pit caught somehow got into one of the cracks or crevices or some fucking bullshit and lit that fire lit the coal mine underneath the town on fire. Yeah, so like there's a fire Yeah, so this is what I was gonna say earlier that like um coal mining is called hard rock mining and 
the coal is like, you know, an underground mine, it's like a tunnel underground and, you know, all the walls are the rock that you're mining. And if that rock is coal, that means that the rock can catch on fire. Like, how do you put out a fire when it's a rock? Like, you, you literally cannot put the fire out because it is the walls and the walls are rocks and they are burning and the fire just goes deeper into the wall. Like, and that's why all the gold miners were like, I would never work in that. Like, that's just yeah, unnatural and scary. Right. You're just basically siding yourself up to be like, yeah, I'll go into a crematorium. <laughs> yeah, I, I would like to work in like two stories underground and the, where I am working is basically made of barbecue briquettes <laughs> and I am driving a truck around in that. Sure, that sounds so reasonable. So, okay, so I'm really fascinated by this because 1962, they certainly did start the fire. <laughs> and uh, it's always burning. <laughs> since the world's been turning, even. Hashtag Billy Joel. <laughs> I've been... I've been I've been telling myself all day. I was like, I'm not going to tell that joke, but then I did. So there it is. Yeah, uh, beautiful. Also, Billy Joel looks like like you're kind of sad, Uncle. Like even when you're like eight or nine, you're like, man, you're trying way too hard to be cool, Uncle Billy. Like he mm. he, he had way too many Coors Lights too. Like he's just like three Coors Lights in too many. Hashtag way too many. Yeah, and there's nothing about Billy Joel that isn't funny. Like. He's not a terribly attractive looking dude, but he was married to Christine Brakely. He was the real life Jerry from Parks and Rec. <laughs> so here's... hashtag Billy Joel, never not funny. Yes. <laughs> okay, so back on track here. I uh, I'm gonna think of Billy Joel as Jerry for like the rest of my life now. It just the metaphor the it is one of those analogies that just keeps giving and giving and giving. So these are some real things that Centralia had to deal with when uh, the fire started. The fire that is burning underground in their town and it is burning on rocks. Great. Lovely. That does not sound like something the devil invented. Right. And okay, so uh, the devil definitely did not invent this, but he is super happy probably that it exists. (laughs) Red Phillips work. (laughs) Red Phillips so it's kind of interesting because basically there is, I don't know, I read this like internet tidbit where there's some mine on fire in every continent in the world with the exception of Antarctica. So basically everywhere where people live, <gasps> that thing is actually happening. Ugh, no, no. And I remember um, reading about some place outside of Russia, somewhere in one of those uh Eastern European countries where there is a big pit that's on fire because there is some oil that got dumped there and they're like, fuck, let's light it on fire. And it's just been burning for 40 years. Like people were really into like, (laughs) ah, shit, we got a problem. Let's fucking burn it. Like that's what they did with witches. They're like, ah, these people that are, that are taking land that I want. (laughs) Throw them in a pit, light them on fire. Throw them in the pit. Women, you know, eternally burning for like hundreds of years, whatever. I really, I really love this analogy. Like, oh, these curtains in my house are so ugly. Just Just burn burn them. them. 
Well, you know, it's like uh, all those memes that you see on the internet where somebody's like, look at this spider, burns the house. It's like, yeah, but you should really think about doing that because you might unintentionally start a fire that never fucking ends. <laughs> the fire is actually not, a, or the spider is actually not a spider. It's just a coal shape that looks like a spider. And so when you light it, just like goes straight yep, and down. And that's it. That's that's it. Your whole town is just irrecoverable. <laughs> so... <laughs> So what would happen is they would go around to put out a fire that was breaking out in the town for another one to pop up. So this is crazy. I want you to think Mm. about this. Landfill on fire. Sounds like a video game. (laughs) It's a a Sisyphean task is what it is. Yeah. This is like whack-a-mole with fire. So they're like... This is whack-a-mole, but the moles are on fire. (laughs) And not nearly as cute because they're melting. (laughs) No. And this is not a fair, this is where you live. Oh, God. So, you know, they would just be walking around, and all of a sudden there's, like, fire popping up from the ground. They're like, ah, shit, gotta go, like, put that out. So this is happening. (laughs) Like, you know what? They really fucked up Memorial Day. (laughs) Like, they should have just fucking let the trash be there, because goddammit. Like, now they're running around putting out all these little tiny fires. But then, but then there's a smell. Because it's coal and coal oh, is burning, no. it smelled like the combination of like coal and a trash fart from the fucking landfill. Oh no! And I bet it still smells like coal there. So okay, so I, I do want to talk about that, but I'm gonna put a pin in that one. Mm. It's in the parking lot, in the parking lot that's on fire. <laughs> so we have fires popping up everywhere, coal and trash fart, and then they they tried putting out the fire underground. Which included, like, all mm. these different things that they did. They tried to flush water into the mines. That didn't work. They tried flushing. The fire's like, now I just made steam. You know, you're doubly annoyed. He's like, I'm going <laughs> to use this humidity that you've created to my advantage. Oh, like, they, it blows new hallways open in the rock, <laughs> and then the fire just finds new places He's to like, burn. He's oh, like, oh, this is a new fissure I haven't seen. Thanks. So, yeah, they tried p- pumping water through there, rock through there, ash through there, to no avail. So now you have, like, soggy ash, rock, muck, and going through these mines. Mm. A lot of people actually pretty quickly started to abandon the city because it was getting bad. It smelled bad. There's fire. There were toxic fumes. The street surfaces were actually hot. What? Yeah. So when the as the fire was like burning closer to the s- surface level of the mines, like the streets were were hot to touch. But mm, just like a a summer day in Las Vegas, or you know Texas, or <laughs> mm-hmm. New literally anywhere in the general southwest region. D- Does it ever get so hot in Austin where it like? The asphalt is, like, spongy. Um, you know what? I'm not certain of that, but I have noticed, like, some of the softer paved walk areas tend to have, like, a different, like, feel to them when I'm stepping on them, so maybe. Yeah, I remember being, like, in downtown Las Vegas, probably around the Strip, or not too far off it one summer, and even at night, which is normally when it starts to cool down, it it was so hot. That, like, the road was, like, soft. Like, if cars were stopped, you could see them kind of settle down a little bit. Okay, it's a little bit creepy. Yeah, I mean, this is, like, a scene kind of out of, like, a the day after tomorrow weather apocalypse movie. From what the descriptions I read, there was not sinking sand asphalt like there is in <laughs> Las Vegas. Or... <laughs> but America's playground! <laughs> 
Um, the street surfaces were hot, but you know, now the fire has moved deeper into the earth, so not so much anymore, but you can still see smoke rising from like all these fissures and cracks in the in the roads and then the ground. Coal when it burns produces carbon monoxide. So there are actually areas oh. that were extremely dangerous during this time and there are areas that are still very dangerous. Oh another fucking terrifying thing about this are sinkholes. They would just... <gasps> no! Op- yes, open up in the ground just, like, randomly and, you know... I guess one- so, like, all the ground burnt out. It's like a hollow egg. Exactly. So, like, it opens up and there's just, like, fiery hellscape below. It's people- not just a sinkhole. It's a sinkhole with fire! Yes. And it's really sad because people have t- uh, talked about, like, you could just see wildlife just suddenly disappear because of these sinkholes. Aww. Pets have been lost to sinkholes. And I read this in account of where a person, like a child, actually fell into a sinkhole. They lived. But they, they were not quite ever the same because they were like, there's something alive down there. <laughs> Is it, the kid's like, I literally went partly, partially to hell and it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, I stared into the abyss and it not only stared, it spoke back. <laughs> It just looks at the paramedic pulling him up, and he's like, I know how you're going to die. <laughs> and then the paramedic falls in. Yeah. <laughs> if all, if any of this is sounding a little bit familiar, there is basically speculation, maybe some confirmation, that this is the town that Silent Hill is based off of. Oh. I was, it sounds like a Stephen King novel to me, except in Stephen King, it the townspeople would have, like, foolishly summoned the devil instead of foolishly setting rock on fire. Fair enough. Um, Stephen <laughs> King, if you're listening, we want that novel, goddammit. Yeah, please confirm if this is ba- your novel is based off of this. And if not, and you do write a novel based off of this, can we get, like, 0.5% each? I, I just want a signed copy. That'd be cool. Yeah, I'd be okay with that, too. So, <laughs> so shit's fucking crazy. And this is still going on now, mm. but this is a little bit interesting, um, and the information kind of gets hairy here, so I'm going to be mm. as general as I can. A, a lot of people left, but a lot of people stayed, and uh, there are some people who are basically just like, over time, outright, we're not moving because this is my fucking home. And wow. PA did like a lot of shit to try to motivate people to move out. They were like, you know what? You don't have a zip code anymore. They're Stop. like, yeah, that road that goes through your town, it just it's just not a real thing anymore. It was like we're a not highway maintaining road. it. Yeah, it's just gone. It's just Okay, now you, it really now it really does sound like a Stephen King novel. Well it's a little bit dystopian, right? It's like it's yeah. like the town that everyone fucking like tried to forget. Right? Yeah. So, The town the world tried to erase. I think there was, like, some sort of, like, bribery where they offered to buy homes from people in order to get them to leave. Because it actually, like, it's a huge health hazard. Carbon monoxide, sinkholes, general other noxious fumes coming up. By the way, the entire town is on fire underneath. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine that this is just, like... Yeah, like, all of a sudden you have the life expectancy of someone from the 1700s. (laughs) Three days, yeah. (laughs) Well, if the sinkholes don't get you, the carbon monoxide will. Enjoy your stay here, son. So, there there are actually still people living there today. It's like, I don't know, 
seven people or something like that. But basically what happened is that PA tried to bully these people out of their homes for so long and they're just like, no, fuck you. I'm going to live and die the way I want to. Also, this is my house. Eat my dick. So Pennsylvania, or Pennsylvania, I'm going to stick with PA here. PA was (laughs) like, you know what? It's cool. You can live out your life here. But once you die, which is probably going to be in three days. Yeah. That's me. (laughs) These people are still alive. I'm very sorry. It's a bad joke. But once you die, your home is going to come to us through eminent domain. So that's basically... Hmm. All of that town. So it still it still exists. It's still on fire. There are people still living there. You can visit. People have talked about how, like, basically tourism is a fucking nightmare there because people just, like, walk into people's yards and they're like, what, what the fuck are you doing in my yard? They, like, graffiti things. What? Um, yeah, they do all, like, this asshole shit. So listen, if you're going to go to Centralia, don't be a fucking asshole. Yeah, seriously, like, what what is this, like... This is the most satanic thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Don't be an asshole. People are already living on a burning town. Like, so. you're a totally normal person, and you go to Centralia for a vacation, and you just find yourself standing in someone's front yard, staring in a window, like, just expressionless. Spray painting something on the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you leave, and you're like, I have no memory. What happened? What? A whole week's gone by. Like... <laughs> A demon just takes over your body. <laughs> and then you leave Centralia with a little bit more uh, power than you had coming in. Yeah, like, you're like, it's going to rain tomorrow. And people are like, what? Why do you think that? And you're like, mm, I don't just know. I'm, I'm possessed by the power of the burning coal fire. Yeah, I can predict it, and it stings. <laughs> <laughs> so this place is really fascinating to me. I mean, one, because I super love... Uh, video games. I, I love Silent Hill. Two, I also super love horror movies, and I still like the horror movies, even though, yes, they're very cheesy. Don't care. Shut up. You can <laughs> say whatever you want. I'm rolling my eyes at you because I don't care. But three, <laughs> this is kind of crazy to me. I, I've, I've lived in a lot of places. I've made very close friendships with a lot of people in those places, and there's not a place I can't go back to. Yeah. You know, as as far as I know, none of those places are on fire. <laughs> Actually, where I grew up is on fire right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's kind of it's kind of insane to me to think about like you have like this sort of innocuous thing that you do um pretty frequently like burn trash piles and then you go to do this ordinary thing and then the next thing you know your whole life is just fucking gone. Like not like you're dead. But the town you grew up in, the people you grew up around, you know, maybe that was your only shitty job that you had and you, and you were using that to figure your life out. Like, everything just, boom, gone. Because the shit spread like crazy, you know? Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, this is like the life of a refugee, right? Like, we take for granted that we can go back wherever we want. And, you know, I've moved around a lot, too, since I was 18 and, and this feeling of, like, like when I was listening to your story, I was thinking there's nothing that would make me stay in a place that was literally underground on fire. Like I would be like, well, that's sad, but okay, let's go. I don't want to die in a sinkhole. Right. Like, <laughs> gosh, I, I at least need to be taken out by a bear or something. Mo- moderately but, more interesting. Okay, but hold on. It's but not yeah, just but like a this, sinkhole. Well, yeah, it's a sinkhole that's on fire at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> but... It, that idea of like you're being forced out of the place that you live and you can never return there are people alive now whose countries don't even exist anymore like or 
yeah, I, I fled this country and I can never go back and I still have relatives there. Like, right, or there. That's just a reality that we don't think about. But I mean, I guess war is kind of like being on fire in a way. Yes. And I think, I mean, that's fair. You know, like, there are all kinds of political reasons, religious reasons, or in this case, crazy war resource reasons. Yeah, but so very few of those reasons are because the devil decided this town was his. Right. <laughs> and, and why choose Centralia? You know, like, it was so teeny tiny yeah. in comparison to so many big... Listen, if I were the <laughs> devil, I'd be like, you know what? I'm coming for the big ones. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe in the big ones, the devil is like, listen, you guys are staying out all night. You know, you're doing drugs. You're living La Vida Loca. I, you don't need me there. Centralia seems like a place that was like grannies making those little pillows that have gooses on them. Too pure, too good uh, for this world. <laughs> too good, yeah. Too pure and too good for this world. The devil's like, all right, that's that's what I'm taking over. <laughs> Everybody should uh, hope and pray that Satan doesn't come for your town. And yeah. and my advice is is that if you feel like your town might be too good, too pure, spit on the sidewalk. <laughs> Just spit on the sidewalk, okay? Make make Satan proud. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit of a misdeed, and you may have bought yourself a couple more months, a couple more years. Who knows? Yeah. Well, also our uh, our friend Sarah Jemsky, who's a poet. Uh, she wrote a book of poems about Centralia. It's called Centralia. Did you know that? I didn't know she wrote a book about Centralia. How exciting. I think she grew up close to it. Let me Google really quick um, and I can tell you what the press is so y'all can go buy her book of poems. Also, Sarah, Pork we're belly. talking about you. Does that make you feel weird? Are your ears burning? It's really good. I mean, I'm not a poet, but I really like the po poems, the poets. Yeah, it's it's published by Pork Belly. It's by a good friend of ours. And the book is called Centralia, and it's kind of about that, too. And, yeah, cool. and somehow we've just connected all the people in our lives. I know. Uh, yeah, there are so many people we mentioned in this podcast. We're going to get people being like, please stop talking about us. <laughs> okay, well, so this is interesting because... My story, I wanted to talk to you about where you were from, where you grew up. You kind of grew up in um, the country, right? So for a good period of time, I lived in the rural south. The rural. R the rural drawer. Rural. Rural. <laughs> <laughs> so did you ever like go hiking or camping or like just go play out in the holler or whatever? I did all that shit. I used to go out in these woods and in these woods and had, um, my aunt's house had like waterfalls in the fucking back of it. I would, we had a family friend that had like acres and acres of property and I'd go play at the pond and then get lost in this weird tiny bamboo forest. I went hiking, mm. camping, swimming. I didn't go cow tipping. I, I feel like I wasn't really cool enough to do that, but I did all the country things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did too. I um we went camping a lot growing up. I remember I had I had probably read like Little House on the Prairie or something and I remember asking my dad like, "I hope we see a mountain lion. Like that'd be so cool." And he was like, "If you see a mountain lion, it's the last thing you see. They are very shy and they only come out if they're going to hunt you and eat you." And I was like, "Uh, what?" I think I was probably like 8 or something. Like he's like, "A mountain lion wants to murder you." <laughs> 
but yeah, so I wanted to, this was one thing that I'm really interested, I'm really excited to tell this story. Um, I live in Colorado now, and it's about to get really cold, so people do tons of hiking. I mean, this is like a stereotype of where I live, and everybody's wanting to get the last little bit in there before the winter comes, and you and I both grew up in rural places where you go outside and you hike and you camp and you're going to national parks and all kinds of stuff like that. But what happens when you go missing? And that's what this is about, is people that disappear in the wilderness. Oh my god. Okay, so... <laughs> you sound so excited. <laughs> I... No, this is so weird because I, you know, I repurchased a book that I lost a long time ago. And it's not even a very, it's not one of the best, but it is something that taps into one of my very real fears and actually scared the shit out of me growing up, which is The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon, the Stephen King book that came out in like 1999. I don't know that book. Basically, it's a, it's a girl who is hiking in the Appalachian Mountains. Does that sound familiar to you? <laughs> What, Appalachia? Yep, yeah, Appalachian Mountains. I mean, I live three hours away from the Blue, Blue Ridge Parkway, yeah. you know, and I would go out there, like, all the time and do all these hiking trails. She goes out with her family. She, some, she has to, like, pee, and she gets separated in, like, backwards <gasps> uh, in the woods. And then she's trying to survive in the woods, which is already fucking scary. Yeah. But then... She starts to get the feeling that she's being hunted by something, and it's like this bear slash supernatural creature thing, and there's like this epic battle. Sure, because it's Stephen King, yeah. Right, and she's like starving and in the woods and getting bit by mosquitoes. I read that book and I was like, ah, this is terrible, but then I just bought it again today because I was like, you know what, I need to confront that fear again. Yeah, well, so the thing that's really interesting to me, I, I'm going to tell you three different stories of people. But one of the things that's very frightening is that we have no idea how many people disappear in national parks. There are, and, and there's some really good reasons for this, right? Like, if you disappear, are you calling the local sheriffs? Are you calling the FBI? They get involved. Are you calling the park service? There's so many different branches of, like, local and federal government that could go looking for someone. And if you're by yourself, I mean, that could be three or four different counties, right? Like if all they know is she went up in these mountains, well, who was this? So there are some statistics, like like the National Institute of Justice says that there are between 80,000 and 90,000 actively, people who are actively listed as missing, which is a lot. And some people think that there's like maybe 2,000 of those are people that disappear in the woods, but the number could be like much, 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 much higher. And the stories that of these people that disappear, it does not make sense. One story, um, and I'll, I'll talk about three, I have three different stories and, um, and then some reasons why people disappear in the woods. And all of these are just unsettling. Like if it, it just does not get better. It gets creepier and creepier. So the first one is about these two college-age women who were, I think, 19 and 20. Um, their names were Chris Kremers and Lisanne Froon, and they disappeared in 2014 from Boquete, Panama. So they started this hike in in good weather. It Sorry, my headphones just made weird sounds. They started in the morning. They're possessed. <laughs> I think they just broke for good, but whatever. So they started this hike. They were, I think traveling or studying abroad and it would have been about like a half day hike it's around the continental divide and it's kind of a steep 
semi-dangerous little hike and they should have like made the summit around one or noon and then would be back by dinner time in their village which dinner is very important to me so i understand this but they just straight up disappeared sort of at the top of where they were hiking there was this way where you could go down another hill and some people think oh maybe they decided to go down and explore this little quote unquote path but there are like indigenous people who live in that jungle and don't use that path Mm -hmm. and some of the professional guides in the area say that in the rainy season which is sort of where this was that there could be and it's a rainforest like this is not like christmas tree forests this is like jungle (laughs) (laughs) hold on (laughs) listen i grew up in a desert so in my mind forests are either Christmas trees or like jungle vines and constantly misty and full of ghosts and witches. <laughs> America, I beseech you, if you have a Christmas tree forest, <laughs> please fucking let us know. I swear to God, I will go hiking in it. I mean, they're not decorated yet, but you, you, you know, the evergreen. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah, sure. Christmas tree forest. Totally. (laughs) Well, this is not a Christmas tree forest. This is like a rainforest. So a local guide said that like, you know, in rainforest, it can rain really suddenly. And he was like, that mud would have been like up to your knees. It would have been a kind of path that you go like one or two steps and then almost immediately are like, this is not the path. It would have been hard for them to mistake that for the right way. Like they would have found out pretty, pretty quickly that they had fucked up. Right. So they're missing. People start looking for them, um, but it's after a really massive rainstorm. And I think several days later, they found a pair of shorts from one of the girls that was really neatly folded on a rock, just sort of sitting there. They also found the camera of the other girl, and they were able to recover the the pictures from that camera. They found like some cute snapshots of them hiking in good weather. They found a picture of the one of the girls with like kind of a scratch on her head and Mm. she's like not looking happy and then they find a bunch of pictures that are taken in the dark and they're like not of anything it doesn't make sense what is happening and they think maybe they were trying to use the flash for light maybe they were like trying to see past where they were what they can tell is that there's like a whole series of these photos and they're pointed at the same thing it's nighttime it's raining really heavily but that's all so they could just kind of speculate what's going on That's not fucking scary. I know. It's horrifying. There's also some shots of it's kind of like you're up on a hill and you're looking down and there are a couple shots of like a specific place down in a valley, but it's not, it's not like a scenic photo. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. There's also a photo where it looks like they're kind of trying to make a signal maker with like a mirror or something, but that's it. They also were able to pull cell phone records and it looks like both cell phones would turn on once a day and search for service. And then one of the phones died and wouldn't turn on anymore. And then the other one turned on for a while until the battery died. Hmm. Yeah. And I'll tell you what the conclusion of these stories is at the end. So this is Chris Kremers and Lisa and Froome in Panama. 2014. The next one is in 2012. This is in Alaska. This is in Seward, Alaska. They have this thing called the Mount Marathon Race, which sounds fucking horrible. And it is not a marathon. It is only three miles, but it is like straight up and straight down and so treacherous. The record time for this race to complete it is 43 minutes. Jesus. Yeah. These are like Olympic athletes. For three miles. For three miles. <laughs> yeah. 
And wow. that's like an insane amount of speed. And that's like how treacherous they are. There, there are ice bridges. There are places where it sounds like you are basically just sort of not really running. You're like literally scaling things like a spider up a wall or something. So the person who disappeared off of this race, his name is uh, Michael Lemater, and he was the last person on this race in 2012. Oh, also, before we get to what happened to poor Michael Lemater, I just have to point out this article was talking about how dangerous this race was. And they were like, you know, someone who was on this race with Michael Lemater was an Iraqi war veteran, a Black Hawk pilot. So this woman is badass. She slid over a cliff. This is a quote. Slid over a cliff and fell, lacerating her liver and breaking several ribs. What the fuck? Lacerating her liver. And this is oh this God. is like just a a totally acceptable wound in this activity. <sighs> that just makes my glass of wine hurt. I it like I my whole left side is like no (laughs) (laughs) now i also one i that tale is just horrifying but a very delightful detail because i am immature this woman's name was penny assman (laughs) penelope assman yes i mean she must have gotten so much fucking shit in grade school that like of course she grew up to be a black hawk pilot this is basically like the real life boy named sue yeah she's like talk shit now motherfucker yeah talk i will i will break you she's i will break your whole arm with my eyelashes (laughs) she's like i grew up eating bigger assholes than you for breakfast now who's the ass man (laughs) so anyway so peggy assman lived by the way so you know Don't be mad at us for making fun of that name. Oh, good. Uh, Michael LeMater, however, probably did not. He was the last person, so he's in last place. And again, this race is just three miles total. And he just straight up disappeared. Like, people have no idea what happened. They think that he reached the turnaround rock, which is not at the top of the mountain. And one of the things that they speculate is that instead of turning around and heading back down there, he might have gone straight. They're not sure, though. His daughter flew up to try and look for him, and she said one of the things was that there are ice bridges, so... And they, they were doing, like, infrared, tra- like, looking, and helicopters and dogs trying to find him, nothing. Basically, the the entirety of anyone's search party yeah, that you could ever Yeah, have. like, in all of these stories, peop- like, it's not like people were not looking for them. They think maybe he might have fallen into a chute and then, like, snow collapsed over him. Which is, that's kind of like the opposite of um, Centralia, where you have a sinkhole that's on fire. This is a pit that's then filled with snow and ice. (laughs) So just another layer of hell. Oh, God. And man, I can't even, like, would you, I mean, that probably wouldn't cause you to freeze to death immediately, but be really fucking terrible. Yeah, I think this might be an urban legend because I can't think of how I know it, but I think people who die in avalanches, one, you get crushed, but also they they aspirate, they like inhale the snow and like suffocate or choke on it or like, like, oh God. yeah, yeah. Um, it's very bad. This is a quote from his daughter too that really is like, oh my gosh. It's like a shitty snow cone. <laughs> It is a shitty snow cone. It's a shitty snow cone that tastes 
the flavor of your own mortality. <laughs> that that flavor, by the way, is tiger blood. Um, <laughs> so this quote from his daughter says, We walked the streams. We looked at eagle activity, bear activity, ravens. It does get a bit grim. After a while, it's like, maybe we should poke around in the bear scat. That's the reality of it. Oh, my God. And one of the people who ran this race, um, she said that it's so close to the city that you can hear the announcer in the city the whole way. He wasn't that far away. That's, you know, and that's going to be terrible, too. Like, if you if something happened to you and you can hear all that going on, but, like, and you know that you're that close and, like, days go by. Yeah, there's... And days go by. <laughs> there's actually a woman. She isn't, like, a main focus, but I think her name is Marianne Goosens. And she, like, got lost and she was by a waterfall or something. And so there were people looking for her and, like, calling her name. And they were really, really close to her. But because she was by something so loud, she couldn't hear them. Oh, my God. I know. This is just horror movie scenes. The third one is one of the ones that got me really interested in this topic. Um, I had read this article years ago. And then me and my boyfriend and another friend of ours went hiking. And it's like this really steep staircase on the way up. And it's one mile up, and then it's, like, four miles down. That's, like, how steep it is on the way up. Um, And as we were going down, there was this part where we kind of lost the trail. And we saw this girl kind of down below us, and we started going down following her. And I was like, this is not the path. Like, this is, like, where a stream washes out. And I was like, we have to turn around. Like, we're going to start going too far down. We're not going to be able to get back up. Like we need to go back and find the trail. And the girl followed us, which I was really, really glad of because we found the trail and I was like, we would have been going in the complete opposite direction. No idea where you're actually going. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, this is how you end up on the nightly news where people are looking for you. And also that girl was by herself. And I was like, if we had not wrongly followed her and then said out loud, this is not the trail we need to turn around. Like she would, I would be telling you the story of her right now. Right. And it just, it was crazy. It really freaked me out. Like, I don't know. I think, you know, the other two people with me are from New Orleans. I don't think they've done a lot of hiking, but yeah, it was something that was really scary because two, if we had gone much further and then realized we weren't in the right place, we couldn't have turned around and gone back up. So that was just really, that's what made me want to do this is that I've been in these situations where you're like, oh, this isn't a big deal. But then it is a big deal. Yeah, but then it is. Um, and so this is another one. This was in July 2015, which was not that long ago. This is um, in Colorado's Rio Grande National Forest, which is in the south of Colorado. And there was this uh, young guy named Joe Keller. I want to say he was like 19. I could be wrong. And I'm going to feel really bad if I am. Let me double check really fast. Uh, oh, no, it was the night before his 19th birthday. Oh no, that's even more sad. I know, I kind of wish that I hadn't looked. But so he and his friends were on this road trip and they stopped at um, a relative's ranch and they were going to hang out there for a while. And Joe and one of his friends were like, well, we're going to go on a run. We have like an hour before dinner, so we're just going to run along this road that goes up into the forest. Joe was a competitive runner. He was an open water swimmer, an obstacle course racer and the guy who's with him um was a member of a varsity cross-country team so these guys are like they're fit like this is not me 
they're they're men in who are nineteen twenty and they're like, yeah, we can do this. So they're just running along a road for an hour. I can't remember. I think Colin got ahead and like ran, made it back to the ranch, and Joe just disappeared. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. And people like even that evening started looking for him. Um, they were driving up the road, honking. They had dogs. They had everything. This is what one of, like, searchers said. He said, I mean, we checked the pit toilets at the campgrounds. We did everything. We even collected bear crap. We still have it in the evidence freezer. Gosh, you know, this just makes me think, like, civilizations and colonies and shit that go missing. It's like, it still can happen. Like, you can just be eradicated from history and no one... There, there's no way to find out answers about what happened to you. There's no way to be found sometimes. It's crazy. Well, and there are, like, there are ones, too. Um, and a lot of this stuff comes from what, like, I'll post all the articles um, and stuff that this comes from. But one, um, this 51-year-old person named Dale Sailing, it was this little trail where you view petroglyphs. And it's like, the trail starts and ends at a gift shop. And it's not, it's like a quarter of a mile. He disappeared from there. They never found any any sign of him. Jeez. A quarter, like, you can see a quarter of a mile away. Like, what happened? There's someone who was a professional rafting guide who just, like, he set up his camp and disappeared. People, it's, it's, it's not only that they're gone. It's, I mean, it's, like, enough to almost make you believe in aliens. Like, whoop, they're just picked up off the earth. It's so weird. How many times did you go see the petroglyphs in New Mexico? I mean, twice, easily, two or three times, and, like, twice I was by myself. Yeah, any any of those times, Emily, any of those times. I know. I, one time, the first, was this? Yeah, it was the first time I went camping by myself. I had set up camp, and it was in the Redwoods National Forests up in Northern California, and I was camping in, like, a campground, so it wasn't like I was out in the middle of nowhere, but there was, like, this little trail that went around the camp, and I was like, oh, I'm going to... I'm going to walk on that. And it went like around the camp, but it was just far enough out that like you couldn't see any of the campsites or hear them. So it was really cool. And there were only a couple other people in the campground anyway. So I was like, this is great. And I was walking and I like stepped on my foot kind of sideways. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to, I'm going to twist my ankle. And instead of twisting my ankle, I just like pitched myself forward and fell on my arm because I was like, if I like break my foot, I'm dead. I don't have service. I nobody is gonna care that my car is sitting there. Like I'm not gonna be able to yell loud enough for someone to hear me. Like it, it really was just like, no, no, I cannot do this. And I just like dove into the ground on my shoulder. But yeah, I mean that's that's how easily you become that person. Yeah, you know, um <clears throat> sorry, losing my voice, but I just wanna point out I'm the kid that started crying one time in the grocery store. When my dad went, like, an aisle over and I couldn't <laughs> find him. So. Oh, my God. Not me. I used to sit and, like, read children's magazines and my mom would grocery shop. And then when she was done checking out, she'd just be like, can you page my daughter? And they'd be like, oh, my God, is she lost? And my mom's like, no, I just don't know where she is. And so they'd, like, there'd be this page that's like, <laughs> Emily, can you come to the front? And I'd be like, oh, yeah, sure. And I'd just walk them and be like, hey, you ready to go? And they were like, what? What? Why, why are you not more freaked out? And we were both just like, uh, like, 
God, I was like, I don't know how old I was, but I would, I would like, I would panic, but I was also a small child in a grocery store with a bunch of strangers. Yeah, so... People are scary. (laughs) People are scary. And I mean, that's one reason why I think if you are someone who camps or who, like, played in the woods growing up, they don't feel scary. You know, you understand what to do and you understand how to be. And one of the things that that's one of the reasons why people disappear, the Centers for Disease Control says that the source of injury in if you're in the wild outdoors is the number one and two are snowboarding and sledding. And number three is hiking. Yeah. And like snowboarding and sledding are dangerous inherently. You're sliding quickly on something and flying up and snowboarding, you catch yourself on your wrists. You don't tumble like you do in your skis. Like, of course. But hiking is just walking. Like, hiking, there are more people who get injured hiking every year than, like, rock climbing or mountaineering. And it's because with rock climbing, you know it's dangerous, so you're really careful. But when you're hiking, you're like, oh, this is safe. I'm fine. And you don't pay attention to things like twisting your ankle. Or slippery rocks. Or slippery rocks, yeah. Do you do you want to know what I did today? Did you go hiking? I went hiking. Ah! <laughs> And then it went swimming. I'm so glad we're doing this and after you went hiking. <laughs> I mean, like, people worry about, like, rattlesnakes and shit. And I'm like, oh, honey, no. Like, there's, you're going to die so many more times before a rattlesnake gets you. Like, jeez. Yeah, just so you, so you know, I wasn't worried about slipping on anything while I was walking either. No, you don't. I mean, we haven't done a lot of cr- true crime stories, but I'm a true crime fan. And people, there are people who get murdered, you know, out in the woods. The Appalachia Trail had a serial killer for a while. And, yeah. you know, there are things like that. And people are worried about that. But it's such a small number compared to things like these stories where people just vanish. So are you, are you going to tell, are you going to tell us everybody's fates? I will. I will tell you one other thing that I think is very scary and is why you get lost. And if you've ever walked off trail, you know this, you will experience this so quickly, but you don't walk in a straight line. You walk leaning into your dominant side. So when people are lost, they think they're going in a straight line, but they're really going crooked or in little circles. And so when people do get lost, if you can't see where you're going and you think you're going straight, you're actually just circling and circling. And so when they find lost people, they're usually within one mile of their last known spot. So what you're saying is that what happened in Blair Witch Project is totally feasible. It's absolutely real. And that's one thing that makes all these people that go missing even more frightening because this idea that you you should be found very close to where you were last known to be and they aren't. That's crazy. It is crazy. And if so if you do ever get lost, like you need to stay put. That's like one thing they say is that people will look for you. So you're going to make it worse if you move around. Right. And also you have to tell someone where you are. Like that guy who like got his arm trapped and had to saw it off. I remember when that happened and I was growing up around like all these campers and everything and they were like he had to saw his arm off because he was like miles away from where he told one person that he might be. So nobody knew where he was. But if he had told people I'm going to be here, they would have found him and he would have had to do that. Jesus. I know. This is upsetting. So I could go on and on. But instead, we're going to return to our people. The first ones, Chris Kremers and Lisa Ann Froome, the two sweet, young, 21 and 22-year-old from Holland who are hiking in Panama, were never found. Of course. They found some scattered bones that they think might have been one of the girls. They found 
a shoe with a foot inside of it. Oh, creepy. Yeah. So what they think, based sort of on the pictures that they found on the camera and using the cell phones, they think that they did go off the trail and then got super, super lost, which again would have been really easy and they would have gone from, oh, let's explore to this trail is so dangerous. It would have changed really fast. One of the things in the photos that feels like something out of Hollywood and not real life um, are these bridges that are like three ropes. So you you walk on one of the ropes and then you hold on to the other two. Does that make sense? Yes. Like a oh. tightrope with handles. Yeah, a tightrope with handles. Horrifying. And also, like they point out in this article I read, terrifying and also like very, very challenging. You would need to be in extremely good shape to be able to make it across. So they think that when they were getting lost and trying to get out of the forest instead of just staying put, they think they went across one of these and one of the girls fell and died. And they think that the photos that are just sort of of the random place are of the girl who was still living taking pictures to be like, this is where her body was. And so they think that she left her friend and then climb back out. Uh, another theory is that she didn't die, but just like broke a leg. And so she couldn't climb anymore. And she, the one girl who was able was like, okay, well, I'm going to climb out and get help and left the cell phone with her. And that's why it kept turning on and then stopped. Right. But that's all they know. That's crazy. That's sad. It's very, very sad. It also just really super creeps me out. Like, I'm having a hard time sitting in this room right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's very frightening. And I, I, there's a podcast that I, I heard a podcast about this, and I just kept, like, gasping. It just unfolds in so many ways, and the fact that they never find them, it, it just, all of the fears in your brain come out to, like, touch those places. Our second person, Michael Lemaire. Lemater, who was running the race in Seward, Alaska. They never found him. Uh, His family sued the city and settled, um, partly because they were like, oh, it's going to be hard to prove this. Right. The part of the suit was saying that they thought he had poor eyesight, and they were like, "Uh, yeah, maybe his peripheral vision wasn't great, but, like, if he's looking down he would see everything and that still wouldn't make sense why they wouldn't find him. But yeah, they never found him. Mm. And that was six years ago. Our third guy, Joe Keller, who disappeared the day before his 19th birthday, they found some hiking gear that looked like the people had been murdered there. Um, They pursued that. They looked for a really long time. A year and a half later, this guy who sounds insane and awesome, his name is John Reinstra. He is, quote, a search and rescue hobbyist and endurance runner and a former offensive lineman for the Pittsburgh Steelers. (laughs) That is an impressive resume. I know. Like, that guy is way too fit to be friends with me. But also, I'm like, I want to hang out with you. That's crazy. (laughs) He discovered Joe's body. Oh, no. So he found it about two and a half miles from where he was less, last seen. Oh, my God. Where? Really, really close to where they looked. And basically what he did was he found a cliff 
there were some cliffs nearby. He went to the base of the cliff and then he kind of turned around at the bottom there and that's where he found his body. Um, Mm -hmm. It says that horses or dog teams couldn't get there when the Colorado Bureau of Investigations had to like come and get what I assume is a skeleton. They had to like go in on foot. He was, yeah, he was less than two miles from the ranch. Uh, It says at one point, like a couple months after he disappeared, searchers had come within a couple hundred yards. That's just sad. And and did they know what happened? Yeah. So they, he died from like blunt force trauma. So he hit his head. And what they think happened was that he like broke a foot or an ankle and then tried to climb up so he could see further, which is actually really common when people get lost. And while he was doing that, he fell. Jeez. I know. And I'm going to leave you on a really crazy quote from a searcher who was looking for the uh, women in Panama. He said, once you get lost up there, you change. You're not the same person you are down below. Some people go crazy and start to sprint down the trail. It's like a nightmare to be lost in the selva. I think you need to read this book. (laughs) (laughs) I like, I like the outdoors. And I mean, this goes all the way back to my dad telling me about mountain lions, but like nature is, has no mercy and no pity and like is going to try and kill you at any opportunity. And I don't know how you cannot, you should be a little bit afraid really anytime you leave civilization. Or are in it, I mean, really. Yeah, I mean, or in it. I mean, you should be afraid always. Be afraid <laughs> always. <the> conclusion. Conclusion <laughs> of our podcast. Always be afraid. Hashtag always be afraid. I mean, you know, I, I'm right there with you. I love the outdoors. And, you know, I'm somebody who works out a lot and does a lot of exercises outside. And even when I'm, like, doing my runs or walks around the areas that I do, like, I always, like always have like that feeling like what is going to come out and eat me is it going to be a car is it going to be a person is it going to be like a random bear that found its way into the city so oh yeah and again I think about all those things and I also think about like you know when we lived in New Mexico I used to go running out in like pecan orchards and like you, you took Snoop one time yeah I did and it, so many times when I'd be running in the dark and be like, someone could drive by and hit me by accident and not even know that they hit a person. Or, you know, I could spook some farmer and he thinks I'm coming to steal something and he shoots me. Or I get lost and I, yeah, twist your ankle. And, like, those things are even so much more mundane than, like, someone is purposely going to, like, axe murder me. But they're very real. They're very real. Yeah, so if you are going to go out in the woods, people... Always tell someone where you're going to be, wear supportive footwear, take water. Don't think a cell phone's going to get you out of tricky places. Yeah, don't think a cell phone will ever get you out of tricky places. Uh, and Jennifer, I have one more really important thing to tell you. Okay, I'm ready. I, I did send you the goat. Ah, see? <laughs> I knew it was you. <laughs> uh, I can't think of a better way to end. <laughs> All Things Terror is research recorded and promoted by two amateurs, Jennifer and Emily. 
Our editor is now another amateur and sworn enemy, Clint. We are most available on Instagram at All Things Terror Podcast, but we've also got an email, allthingsterror at gmail, and we're still working on that website. Music sample by Cosimo Fogg. And yeah, that's right. Hashtag I sent the goat. Uh, this seems like a good time for theme music, Clint. Do, do, do. Yes. <laughs> That's the sound of theme music. <laughs>